our God is unshakable, unchangeable. And God, I thank you that when we put our life in your hands, as we put our, uh, our life in, in, in trusting in you, that Lord, you're, you will never let us down, Lord. Lord, we will go through challenges, we'll go through trials, but God, I thank you that we can depend on you in every circumstance, in every situation. And God, I just pray this morning that you would give us a renewed sense of the hope that we have in you, that God, we would have total trust, total assurance, total dependence on you, on, on, you, on your word, on, on Jesus Christ. Lord God, we thank you for everything you have done for us. That Lord, on the cross, you said it is finished. And Lord God, I just pray today that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, change our, our mindsets about things, God. Lord, help us to see the truth of who you are, of all that you've done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. It's so good to be in church. It's such a privilege, even as Kim was sharing about the persecuted church. Um, I'm just so aware of how blessed we are to, to be able to gather together freely and, and to open the Bible freely and to not be uh, threatened, not to be have not have to be afraid of, of what might be spoken about us or against us. We might have people come against us for being Christian or standing up for, for Jesus, but we have so much freedom in Australia, and we've got to pray that God would allow us to continue to have that freedom, that people would understand who Jesus is, and that we would continue to have that freedom in this nation. Amen? Amen. I'm just going to open my notes here for a second. Uh, has anyone ever got an email or a letter in the mail, maybe a phone call, maybe you've, uh, I don't know where you might have heard it, but you've got this, this message saying, congratulations, you have won this amazing prize, entry, and all you need to do is give us your credit card details, or give us your email address so we can hand you for the rest of your life, and you've won an entry into the prize draw, congratulations, and you're like, hang on. I thought I had the car. Then you find out, no, it's just an entry into the prize drawer. Has anyone ever had that email? Letter, phone call, yep, nearly everyone. Um, it's not so attractive once you read the fine print, is it? Ooh, thank you, Lord. Um, you know, sometimes friendships can be like that. We have a friendship and someone is an amazing friend. Maybe in primary school you had this friend that was an amazing friend but there was only a friend while you gave them M&Ms, or only a friend while you gave them... Actually, this never happened, but I know lots of kids in my class wanted a piece of my hedgehog. I was like, they would have been my friend if I gave them hedgehog, but I had to see if they were going to be my friend without the hedgehog first. Um, just kidding. Um, but sometimes our friendships can seem a little bit conditional. And to be honest, I think all of our friendships have this to some point, that we'll be your friend as long as we live near each other. We'll be your friend as long as we keep doing that thing together, as, keep, as long as we stay in that circle of friends or... I think our friendships, and, and it's, it's a reality of life, I think, to a degree, but God help us to be people that try and carry on that friendship. Maybe it's in church and you see someone who normally sits near you, because let's all agree, most of us have a seat we sit in half the time. And maybe there's a person that's normally sitting near you that's away for a, a week or two. And I want to encourage you to, to say, hey, I'm going to extend friendship to that person, even though they haven't been here, and call them up and say, hey, how are you going? I've missed you lately. 
Do you want to come over for lunch? Can we catch up? Uh, one of the signs of a healthy church is a church that is in the people that regularly follow up people that they know that are, haven't been in church. And I want to encourage you that that's, you can take on that role of, of, of being your friend, those, those around you, um, to, to follow up people and say, hey, we've missed you. Um, I want to encourage you in that. But this morning, I want to say, if you've ever felt excluded, if you've ever felt isolated, if you've ever felt maybe not good enough for, for another group of people or for God, or you felt insignificant in any way, then I, I pray that this message would encourage you today. This message would help you. Because, you know, Jesus is the friend of sinners. And this morning, we're going to continue our, our series looking at the Reformation. We're celebrating the 500 years since the Reformation. And this morning, we're talking about Sola Christus, Christ alone, the fourth of the five solas. It's Christ alone that saves. It's Christ alone that leads us to salvation. It's Christ alone. I'm jumping ahead now, but Christ plus nothing. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter where we've been. It doesn't matter how, may, how we might fail and stumble along the way, but it's Christ alone that saves. And He will never leave us or forsake us. He won't abandon us because He loves us. Let's turn in our Bibles to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 and verse 6, it says this, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came. I just want to pause there and say, we were utterly helpless. We could do nothing to earn our salvation. We could not earn God's forgiveness. We cannot be a good enough person in this life to receive God's forgiveness. God is a holy, awesome, perfect, amazing God that we will never reach His standard. The Bible talks about His glorious standard. We will never reach it. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the three people who fell in the pit. The one person that says, I'm not in a pit, I'm fine. I, I, I'm fine down here. And the second person that says, I'm a little bit like MacGyver. I can get my way out of this. I can do whatever I want to try and get myself out of this. And there's the third person that says, I acknowledge I'm in a pit. I cannot get out and I need someone to help me. Jesus came when we were in that pit, when we could do nothing, Jesus came to set us free. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. And most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good, maybe. But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. As to pause there, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. You go to work for a week, what do you want to get at the end of it? You want to get a wage. <laughs> if you work for a week and you don't get paid, there's going to be a little bit of discontent there. You work for another week, you still don't get paid, there's going to be some discontent there. The wages of our sin is death. But Christ came to die for us while we were still sinners. He took that death penalty. His blood was poured out upon that cross so that we would not have to pay that death penalty. We, our death penalty has been paid. Jesus sacrificed his life for us. He made us right in God's sight by the blood of Christ. Let's keep reading. Verse 10, it says, For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son while we were still His enemies. 
we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice. And this is the whole, the whole essence of this series, is that we can rejoice, we can have joy, we can have freedom, we can have excitement that we have been set free. We can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. It's not by what we've done. It's not by earning it. It's because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. As we have faith in Him, that we know that He has made us friends of God. That we can know that we have been set free from the power of sin and death. And that we can rejoice because we have life in Him. That's the message of the good news. We could do nothing. Uh, Sorry, the grammar of that's kind of bad. We could do nothing. But we couldn't do anything. We could do nothing. We were utterly helpless. We were powerless. But Christ alone is the way to salvation. Christ alone is the way to be saved. He has done it all. He is the one that sets us free. He is the one that gives us eternal life. It's Christ alone that brings us to salvation. We could do nothing. Let's keep reading from verse verse 12. It says, when Adam sinned, so Adam, God created Adam and Eve, Adam sinned, sin entered the world. So Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned, but even before the law was given, uh, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God as Adam did. The Bible tells us in our heart we all know what is right and what is wrong. God has written it on our heart and we, we, we know what God's law is. Now, Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who was yet to come. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift, God's gracious gift through Christ. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. It's through Jesus Christ that we receive this gracious gift. It's through Jesus Christ we, we, we find that wonderful grace that he has for us. Without Christ, there is no grace of God. Without Christ, there is no forgiveness of sin. Without Christ, there is no salvation. It's through Jesus Christ. Verse 16, And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. Can we comprehend that? We are guilty of so many sins. We are so guilty before God, but He freely, God, the Creator of the universe, freely makes us right in His sight through faith in Jesus Christ. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death. Through this one man, Jesus Christ. It's through Jesus Christ that we receive forgiveness. It's through Jesus Christ that we can live in triumph over sin. 
It's not just for eternity. It's not just to be a ticket to heaven. It's to live in triumph over sin. It's to live in relationship with God. It's to know that we have a relationship with Him today through Jesus Christ and what He's done for us upon the cross. Even though we are guilty, God has given us this gift through Christ alone. We are guilty before God, but God has dealt with our sin once and for all. He has washed it away. We are no longer separated from Him because of Christ and Christ alone. Now, we're talking about the Reformation. And just to backpedal a little bit to a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the history of the church and how from when Christ was crucified and rose again and then ascended to the Father, how the, the early church went on and... But then there was little divisions that came about through history of different parts of the church, you could say, and how from 312 AD that the church was hugely impacted by the Roman Emperor Constantine becoming a Christian and making the Roman Empire uh, Catholic and it influenced church history so much for that 1,200 years. Until 1500 SE, the Reformation happened where those blue and green lines go up and the, the Protestant church was birthed at that time. And the Reformers believed one of the core things about what the Reformation was about, that they believed faith in Christ plus nothing equals salvation. Faith in Jesus is what saves. We talked a couple of weeks ago about what faith is and faith is not just a, a thing you have. Faith is a, it's a doing word. Faith, faith alone leads to salvation, but a true faith changes who we are. We can say we have trust in a chair, and we can say, I have trust in that chair. We can have trust in that chair, but we just choose to never sit on it. It's not really much of a faith. It might be a belief, but we can trust in Jesus. We have faith in Jesus. It changes the way we live. And that faith in Christ plus nothing equals salvation. The Reformers saw that at, in the, at that time, the Roman Catholic teaching was faith plus obeying the priests, the Pope, confession, last rites, and paying indulgences. Those extra things were seen as the way to salvation. That to get justification from God, to be seen as clean and holy and righteous in God's sight, to be justified, as just as in I'd never sinned, just as if I'd never sinned, justified. It's a good way to remember it. To be justified, there was a process of sanctification to reach it. That there was a process of, of believe and, and do these things and you will reach justification and salvation. But Luther and others said, hold on, that's not the way it works. The Bible teaches that we are saved through Christ alone, through faith in Jesus Christ. We are justified through faith. And then the process of sanctification is the ongoing work of God in our life of changing us and making us more like Christ. But we are saved through Jesus Christ alone. The Reformers believe that we're saved through God's grace, through faith in Christ as revealed in Scripture alone. And we talked about last week the authority of God's Word, that God's, God's Word is the ultimate authority on all things faith. There is no greater revelation than God's Word. And it is the authority to, to tell us about Christ and who we are in Him. 
someone asked me the other day, it's like, Andrew, how come Luther was the only one that saw this? Well, he wasn't. There was so many people who were seeing what was happening at this time. And uh, last week, someone mentioned uh, Tyndale, a guy who began to try and translate the Bible, who was executed. He was burnt at the stake for trying to translate the Bible into a language that people could read. And Wycliffe and others that were trying to translate the Bible into the language of the people so they could read God's Word and see that we're saved by faith because of God's grace. And there were so many who died to let us have this message that we are saved by grace through faith. So many have died that we could understand this truth. And yet we can so easily take it for granted about what Jesus has done for us, that we're saved by faith. But God help us to stand up, to, to be willing to be persecuted, to, to declare the truth about who Jesus is and, and what he has done for us. I want to read a couple of other scriptures that talk about this. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. We can't do enough good works to outweigh our bad. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. For no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. You try and, do every, uh, you, you try and follow every commandment in God's Word, you could never do it. God's Word tells us that the law pointed out how sinful we are, that we can't earn His salvation. But it's our faith in Christ that makes us right in God's sight. Verse 19, it says, For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law, I stopped trying to meet all its requirements, so I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Faith in Jesus alone is what brings to us to salvation. It is not our faith plus doing a good deed or two this year, doing a few good deeds next year, making sure next year we're a little bit better than we were last year. It's not faith in Jesus plus at least five Bible readings a week or at least an hour a week of prayer. It's not faith plus anything that brings salvation. Obeying the law will not save us. Sometimes we, get, we, we beat ourselves up. Sometimes we feel guilty because we feel like we're not good enough for God. If you ever feel like that, let that be a motivation to just say, Thank you, Jesus. I know I am not worthy, but you have made me worthy. If you're aware of your guilt, just say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your spirit that has shown me my guilt and your righteousness, and that you have made me righteous. What an awesome privilege we have. It's, it's beyond our comprehension that God could love us so much that He would give us this gift. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, that we could be made right with God 
through Christ. He took our place. He took our penalty that we could be right in God's sight through faith in Him. Hebrews 9 verse 12, talking about Jesus as the high priest once and for all time, says, with His own blood, with His blood, not the blood of goats and calves, not the sacrifices we might bring or give or do for God, with His own blood, He entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. He said, it is finished on the cross. He secured our redemption. It's not just a possibility. It's not just a hopeful wish. It's a confident faith we can have. It's secure. Our redemption, we've been redeemed. We've been, our, our, our sin has been paid for. It's not just our bail that's been paid for. If you think of it, in a, someone's gone to prison because they've done something wrong and they've got to be, he hasn't just paid bail to get us free for a little while. He's secured our redemption. He's paid all the penalty for our sin. We are free and free indeed. For a little while? For, for some time? No, forever. He's secured our redemption forever. Until we mess up? No, forever. It's secure. You can't mess it up. I wonder how many people have uh, said, I don't want to touch that computer because I might muck it up. Has anyone ever said that? You can't mess up your salvation if your faith is in Christ. You don't have to be afraid that you're going to lose your salvation. We can trust in Jesus and know that our hope is secure for eternity. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. There is no other mediator. There is no one else who intercedes on our behalf. It is Christ who intercedes on our behalf. He is the mediator once and for all time. We don't have to pray to anyone else. We don't have to have any other mediators. We don't pray through saints. Jesus is our mediator. He is the one who has made a way for us to be saved. There is no other way, no other God, no other mediator other than Jesus Christ. I want to read a couple of quotes from some of the reformers of the time. Ulrich Zwingli. I don't know if he said his right, I need a German accent there, I think. Ulrich Zwingli said this, Christ is the head of all believers who are his body, and without him the body is dead. Christ is the head of the church. Christ is the head. Anyone who comes to him through faith enters into his body, and we live by being joined to him. It's through our joining with him that we are made alive in Christ. And we have salvation. This quote from B.B. Warfield says, The saving power of faith resides not in itself, but in the Almighty Saviour on whom it rests. Let me say it again. The saving power of faith resides not in itself, but in the Almighty Saviour on whom it rests. You know, there's, there's ideas out there these days that it's like, faith is a wonderful thing. You've just got to have faith in life. You've just got to have faith You've got to talk positive. You've got to have faith in something. It doesn't matter what. just got to have faith. You've got to believe good things and good things will happen and you'll be okay. That is a lie. The Bible says that is not the truth. That is not the way that leads to salvation. 
The Bible says there is no other way that we can be saved than through Jesus Christ. Faith in anything else will lead to death. Faith in anything else will destroy us. If we have faith in a person, they'll let us down. If we have faith in anything else, in trying to be happy, in in trying to have pleasure, if I just get a little bit richer, I'll be happy. All those things will let us down. The saving power of faith is not in faith itself. The saving power of faith is in who we put our faith in. And Jesus is the almighty Savior, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And he is powerful to save us. The question for us this morning ends up being, what is our faith in? What is your faith in? What are you trusting in to give you life? What are you trusting in to give you hope? What are you trusting in to bring peace in your life? Are you trusting in Jesus? I say that not to make anyone feel guilty. If you know your faith is in Jesus, but you're sort of like, oh, I'm just struggling at the moment. To be honest, it's just a struggle. And You can be encouraged that even if you are struggling, if your faith is in Jesus, you are set free. Praise God. Even if you're struggling, if your faith is in Jesus, you are set free. But if, as I ask that question, what is your faith in, and you're not quite sure, then you've got a choice to make. You've got to do some thinking. You've got to make a choice. You've got to make a decision about what your faith is going to be in. I just want to read another verse in James. James chapter 4. Actually, I think oh, we have got it up there, yeah. James chapter 4, verse 7. It says, So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up in honor. Maybe this morning you feel like your loyalty is divided. You, you know you, you have faith in Jesus. But you, sort of th- you think about your life and you think, my faith is in Jesus, but my faith is in that and that and that and that in so many other ways. And you feel like your loyalty is divided. This morning, I want us to respond. I want us to think about our lives. Maybe you just want to close your eyes for a moment and ask God to point out anything in your life where your loyalty is divided. That you're seeking joy, peace, pleasure, whatever it is, in anything else. God's word to us this morning says, Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter, in gloom, instead of joy. And if we will humble ourselves, if we will admit our sinfulness before God, if we humble ourselves 
and confess those things to Him, He will lift us up. He won't leave us feeling full of gloom and dismay, and, and, but He will lift you up. But first we must come to Him and acknowledge that it's only through Jesus' death and resurrection that we have salvation. We're going to put on a, a song just to listen to for a little bit. I just want to ask you to respond, just to talk to God. Maybe you want to write something down. You want to write out a prayer to God. Maybe, maybe you want to have someone pray for you. Maybe you just feel you need to bow down in, in humility and say, God, I'm sorry. Just as we listen to this song now, I just want us to take a, a few moments just to respond and say, God, I give you my life. I put my faith in you alone. I'm sorry for letting my loyalty be divided. And just thank him for the victory we have in him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.